Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. This show is for socially conscious leaders, entrepreneurs, CEO founders that have found success, but they yet they don't have the ideal life that they would like. And what we're going to do is bring in concepts and systems so that we can increase business with millions of additional revenue while lowering our work hours, ideally below 40 hours a week. We call this more business, more life. And it's an and, not an or. We don't have to have either or. We can actually systemize this to have both. And those are the concepts we're going to come with each episode. Sometimes we might talk a little bit more about business, sometimes more life, most of the time, both. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about how do we have deep conversations, like really deep conversations and not make it weird, make it actual, genuine, amazing conversations, and then interpolate that into how does that impact our family life? How does that impact our life and our community? How does that impact our business? And we're going to show you that you can have more business and more life by making deeper connections with simple little steps that you can do in every single conversation and have more meaning come from it. And we think that if we go deeper, it takes longer. Well, we're also going to show you that you can actually have deeper conversations in shorter periods of time because you're using these simple skills. So let's jump in and go deep. As we do business and as we live our life, how do we connect with other human beings? And not just on a surface level, how do we have deeper, more meaningful connections? And I want to say to you, as we explore this together with the team here, how much this changes our life. We, we can spend more meaningful time with the right people and less time with, with the people that maybe we shouldn't be spending time with. And then even we can have deeper connections in less time because if we do some of the right things, we can get a lot deeper faster. I can't tell you how many people tell me, wow, Steve, I, I'm telling you things I don't tell anyone. And and that is, at first I was like taken back by that. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But then I realized over the years, now this has been years and years that this is happening to me over and over and over and over. It's just that I truly have, I'm sitting in a place of love I'm truly connecting with the other person. I'm I'm finding what is important to them, like you being very curious about them and really connecting with who they are and, and the way that they speak and so many different layers to it that then it started to become like, well, of course, right? Of course I'm having a deeper connection because I'm caring so much. And I really want to know what's going on for that other individual. And in doing so, then it opens that up. And what I've found over time is even the ones that love us the most, maybe your significant other or your children, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, I mean, the people that you find you're the closest to or your best friend, even then, sometimes people tell me they're having a deeper conversation with me than they are with those people that mean so much to them in their life. And it's not because something's, or how do I say this? It is, I guess I'll say it in the, in the positive tense, it is that I'm putting the time there. And it doesn't mean that those other people that, that love you are not putting the time on purpose. It's just that life gets busy. Life gets busy. So let's say we want to talk to our significant other about something and we get home, we intend to talk to them. We start, then we maybe prepare dinner or we grab dinner. We eat that dinner, trying to, un you're starting to unwind. And then, and then you get tired and the conversation never happens. I've heard people tell me this over and over. So it's not strange. It's not weird. It's actually just that I'm holding space, if you will, for those people in my life. And then let's extrapolate that further. Then the relationships that I'm I'm building are becoming more meaningful. And that can be in the office. So that can be with team members. That can be with the people that are your leaders too, like getting to know your the lead, whoever you're following, or if your people are following you, then, and maybe it's both. It does in my life. I'm always looking to be led by others while I'm leading others. I'm always a student as well as a teacher. And in all of those interactions, the more curious I am, the more loving that I am, the more I actually choose, it is a choice, 
to connect with those other people in a deep way, the more we gain and the more that we can navigate around. Like if there's a pain point, then we find it because in this deeper connection, we're more vulnerable. And when we're more vulnerable, we tell people, hey, something's not right up there. Something didn't work out today. Whereas in a regular surface level conversation, we might just brush over and say, oh, they don't care. They don't care about my problems today. They don't, they don't care. So I'm just going to get my cup of water from the kitchen. I'm getting out of here. And then when you actually stop and you have that, and it's like, you know what? Things aren't okay today. This just happened. I don't know what to do. And now you have help. Now we have a team. Guess how many more solutions we're going to solve faster? A lot. Then you take that to the home life. And it's the same thing, deep, deeply connecting with our the people in our life. And we mistake this. I know I did. With my partnership with my wife, I there's so many times where we start to think, oh, well, just because they married me, just because they love me, they should know me. Like, you should just know. And men and women do this, whether they say it out loud or not. You, you, we do this. And I've now, and I'm still working on this, but I have to remind myself that it's my job to get to know the woman that's with me because she's not the same woman that I met. Right. And we've been together a long time. So it's a lot, a lot of distance we've gone and a lot of growth we've had. So shame on me to think that she's the same. I would even say young lady, because we were pretty young when we met, like that she is the same. That would be crazy. Crazy. Right. Then that's like saying we just all stay the same. Like that's crazy. We know that we all grow. We all day. So I have to be curious every day with everyone. My children too. They're growing. Are they, Who are they today? Who are they? What 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 difference was made? What did they learn yesterday? Who are these young ones growing up to be? So I guess it starts with curiosity and a deep love to actually know. That's saying know thy neighbor too. Like this goes back to your neighbors, the people in your community. And this comes from a lot of people asking, they're like, Steve, how do you do it? How do you do this? How do you get so connected to the people that they're like sharing some of their deepest secrets or the things that they're most vulnerable with? You know, how does this happen? Well, it's all this. What I just told you. Number one, I care. Number two, I hold the space and I'm really curious about them. Even if it's just for a moment, even if I just bump into someone at the supermarket, I can still hold space to see that person. Just look them in the eye and see them. That even in itself is already holding more space for another person in my community. So let's pick this apart a little bit more. I guess, how has that shown up? I'm just going to ask because all of you know me and really my team really invoked me to have this conversation today because we, we, we talk about this a lot. But so I guess two things. One, how do you know this, notice this showing up in your life where you have deeper connections with people just because you allow it and that choice? And then two, maybe you, if you want, if this feels right too, you could share like how you've seen it in, in me. Like, cause I know all of you said, oh my gosh, Steve, I can't believe you just did that or that happened. Like I did it. That is that, but I don't know if I I mean, I guess I am. I'm intentionally holding space. So I guess I did do do something. But to me, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I'm just actually holding space, right? So so maybe you can share your insights of watching that from your eyes, looking at the conversations you've seen me have as well. So those two things, how does it show up for you? And then how have you seen it as you watched this through, through what I've done? I think... There's a lot of things you just said in a short period of time that set off all these alarms within me like, oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God. I'm especially the part about your partner and having that be the most important relationship, especially when you're leading a family together and all of that and wanting so much to connect on a regular basis. And so much happens throughout a day. And then you pour so much into your career, to the kids, in my case. And by the end of the day, you're just, there's not a lot left over to give. And then I think it's also knowing what questions to ask. I mean, I think that on both sides, like we want to share everything we want our partners to know, but then there's also maybe we don't want to dump all that on them. So I think some of the things that I've seen in the way that you do it is for one, you make people feel safe 
and like it's okay and that you want to truly know the answers to these questions instead of being the one to just come out and share it. So thinking back to my partner, like I need to know that it's okay for him to receive what I want to share and then 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 it's appropriate to share but otherwise to come in and be like oh my gosh this is what's happening for me and then to try to transfer all that energy because a lot of times it's like whether it's emotions or goals or challenges or whatever like you are giving that in some way to that other person so i think what you said about holding the space so making sure that there is space that you have carved out that time and then that other person does feel safe to share so i think watching you with clients, knowing how you are with all of us and like how we have those interactions. It's the questions that are asked that allow us to to go deeply and tap in quickly to like what's most important and then have just making that space to share because you're right, the, the questions that you ask of us, that we ask of our clients, it's the big stuff that's in there, like it is in there. It's not surface level. It is what's on our mind. It is what's like taking up space within us. So when you sort of create that safe environment for it to come out and for it to be talked through or explored or whatever, I mean, it makes all the difference. So there's a lot of little things that you do. You're right. It starts with caring and then holding the space, making people feel safe, and then asking the right questions in the right way. And then allowing that person to just be able to share, I think, are all like the little secret sauce. I don't know. Well, I think it's beautiful. And one thing to add to that that I just noticed that I didn't explicitly say is what you said, like carving out that time. So you you said it, but I just so like that's one thing I I definitely a fault. You show up in the room with your partner and then you just start talking and you didn't even ask like, what's going on? Like, hey, are you okay? Can I, can I talk to you? I've got something important to say. And they're in the middle of something or their own thoughts. And then we didn't even clear the time, right? That's something we talk about in business. You have to clear the time first. Like how much time do you have to talk? So then I can actually say what, and then you have to say, okay, five minutes isn't enough time to open this, this thing. So Mm -hmm. This door. <laughs> yeah. So let's wait. Okay. I'll, I'll wait. And then, then we can go to our journal or something and write it down so we don't forget or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think we do that. I know I'm guilty of that. I, You show up and because it's your house mm-hmm. and your family, then you think you can immediately demand the time. But that's not the case. You're walking into someone else's world in that moment and they already had a different agenda. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless it's an emergency and you're like, emergency, I need help. Okay. Okay. That's a different, that's a different story. But if it's just, that's something right there, that'll definitely start the conversation off on the wrong foot if we don't acknowledge that. And then it doesn't go well. And then you don't have the outcome that you wanted. And then it creates maybe some kind of a barrier that then you have to work through that before you can actually get to the thing that you were (laughs) going to discuss in the first place. And it shows up in our personal relationships, but in business too. I mean, any, any relationship really. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you, then, yeah, you, then you're hurt too. Cause if you don't notice what we're talking about, then the person you come in all excited to talk about something, or you really need to talk to about something vulnerable. And then your partner's in the middle of something and then they don't give you the attention that you wanted. And now you're hurt. And now it makes this like circle of pain. And that happens too. I've done this with my staff in the early years. I remember bringing everyone into my office because I was tired of being interrupted. And I, I said, Hey, we're making a new rule. Like no one can interrupt me. Like I was, I was putting it on me. And then the uh, hand went up and my sister was working with me at that time. And it was her. And she was like bold enough to go up and she raised her hand and she said, does that mean that you can't interrupt us either? And then it hit me hard. I was like, Oh my gosh, I created this culture. I create because again, you're like, you own the company. You're like, oh, do this, do that. And I, and then in that meeting, that meeting where I said, I don't want to be interrupted anymore. I realized that I was ruining everyone else's schedule because I was interrupting them and not being conscious. So these are all things. How many times do you get uh, tap, tapped and slapped that? Yeah. Blessings to my sister, big wake up call. And then I was doing it there. So where else are you doing? It could be at home with your partner. It could be with your staff. Are you holding space? 
in a good way and fine and clearing the time. Is this a good time to talk about this? When are we going to talk about this? You don't just like go to your clients and interrupt them in their middle of their day. You schedule a meeting when it's appropriate. And how do we do that? And then, so that's a big first step, I guess. And this is good. We're like slow mowing this whole procedure in a way. I didn't even know this is exactly what's going to come out, but that's the first step because that's where the conversation will go all wrong if we didn't hold the hold the space properly or schedule the time or make sure that it's a good time for all the parties involved then we can start holding space for each other in a good way start really connecting and getting curious about what's going on for that other person open the space for vulnerability if you have 2 minutes it's a lot harder to be really really vulnerable and it might not be a good idea yeah so thank you for that stephanie you really like open that up deeper for us right now. I appreciate that. So I guess who, what else, what else do you notice in these? And it can be all out of order. Like doesn't have to be in a procedure step-by-step step right now. Maybe we'll get to that in some conclusion. Go ahead, Giovanni. Yeah. I was just going to say, just before we jump into all of that, because we're all familiar for, with what we're talking about. And some people might not be with like, when you say safe space, like how do you create a safe space? Like you can just say you create a safe space, but what does that actually mean? So how do you go about actually creating a safe space for somebody when you're sitting with them, whether it's your partner, clients, kids, whoever, person at the store, like how how do you create that safe space within that context? I appreciate that. And and it is, but we use the word rapport. We've all spent time with Carl Bukite. I know maybe Melissa, not as much, but through all of us you have, but in the neurolinguistics footprint, rapport is a big deal. And what rapport is, is like, in a way, it's, it's getting on someone else's map. So in order to hold safe space, we have to realize that everyone's not the same as us. And, and it does come back to that word of curiosity. What is going on for them? So as an example, like when we think of old style map and a lot of times I use subway systems or train stations. When you look at the map, it has the red line, the green line and all that. And there's a key and it tells you, oh, the red line goes here and the green line goes here. Or if you're on a trail, like the dotted one is for horses and this one is for pedestrian traffic and this one is roads. And then you can look at that key that's telling you what each of the lines mean. Well, you have to think about every conversation as finding the key. And the way to find the key is to really be observant of the person. And it's simple things like, how do they speak? Do they speak slow, fast? Do they, what words are they using? Noticing them. Because we all think right now we're doing this podcast in English, in the English language. And we often think, oh, if everyone's speaking English, we know what they mean. But do we? Do we? I mean, like, think about it. I often use this analogy that my teachers use. If someone says, he hurt me. Okay, we could look up all those words in the dictionary and we could have some definition of what that is. But hurt is such a big thing. Okay, was it some mean words? Did they say something mean or did they throw a brick at you? Like, in what way did they hurt you? That's just an example of going deeper, right? So that's where we're not going on the surface level. But backing up a step, to Giovanni's point, I would say the first thing that I do is see them. The first thing I do is look into someone's eyes. Look into someone's eyes. That's the first thing you can do. And sometimes it's scary for us because then we are forced to connect, right? And not all of us are ready for that. But I just want to tell a story. I was teaching this in one of our workshops to connect deeper, like we're, we're talking about now. And this man said, this just happened to me recently. He worked in a big class A office building with many floors and they're getting in the elevator and there's a, there was a woman that was coming in with like two things of coffees, a coffee stacked. I mean, he said there must've been tell, 10 or 12 coffees that she was balancing there. And that's, he said, that's what caught his eye. It was like, oh my gosh, she's really good at this. <laughs> like she's holding all these coffees. But he looked at her, looked in the eye and said, good morning. How, how are you? Like actually just connected, right? Like you normally would like, good morning. Hello. And then they said, hello back and nothing of it thought nothing of it. And then he got off first and he said that, and he, when he told that story, he's like, of course she was going up higher to the higher management people way up at the top floors. And then it was like the next day or a couple days later, he saw the same woman in the lobby 
And she came up to him and said, thank you. And he's like, thank you for what? And she said, for seeing me. That day I was deciding to take my life because no one ever sees me. And then you saw me. I mean, so just that interaction. So how can you notice someone? And then right after that, I was traveling for some speaking gigs and I went in two days in a row, I went to two different Whole Foods and I went to the, and I often ask this question. See, this is where, what questions can you ask? Stephanie was bringing this up. What questions can you ask to get curious about someone else? So I was walking to get what I got at Whole Foods and the woman, I, I made eye contact with her and said, what was the best day? What was the best thing of the day? What was the best part of your day? I think is what I said. And then she said, you looking at me, I was like, whoa, she noticed, right? Because I do this all the time, but then blatantly said it. And for anybody listening to things, it wasn't like a pickup line or anything. Like she actually meant it. I said, what, what do you mean by that? She said, well, no one looks at me. They think I'm just like a machine and they go right to the credit card machine and they're doing their thing. And it's like, I'm not even here. I'm just ringing them up. And you actually saw me. And I don't remember what happened after that. I wish I did. But I do remember she got a notebook out, which is the weirdest thing. It's never happened to me before that. And it never happened since then. But I must have said something and she was taking notes. And I was like, oh, and so I just remember that. So talk about creating a deep space in a matter of moments. And I don't think we were there much more than five minutes. And then I left the store. And then the next day I was at another Whole Foods just getting a kombucha and I was going through that quick line and the woman at the teller at that Whole Foods, totally different Whole Foods, she is looking at the guy in front of me and said, did you find everything you need? And he said, nothing, nothing. And then I was already engaged already. And so then she turned and looked at me, we're making eye contact. And she says real loud, I guess he did laughing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's happening again. I'm already making eye contact. I'm already connecting with this other human being. And so that's really where it starts, Giovanni. It really has a genuine, like, so to make it safe, you have to genuinely want it. So I often come back to intention and attention. What is my intention? My intention is to genuinely connect. I think it has to start there. If you don't want to connect, and there are times that I don't, there are times when I need to run in the store and get out and I actually have to turn it off. Because it is like a magnet. When I leave myself open and I'm making eye contact with everyone, you're opening yourself up for a conversation. There are days that Steve doesn't have any energy left. There are days when it's like, I want to just get home. I just need to grab something. I have to kind of shut these things off and then go and get what I need and, and move on. And, and it's okay to do that too. It's okay to do that. Sometimes we don't have the energy to give to others because it does take a requirement of a certain amount of energy and attention. So that's the second intention, attention, attention. My attention literally has to be on there. It's that simple. I have to intend to connect and then I have to put my attention on the other person. It is that simple. Yeah, M Melissa just put in our chat here. Well, we have our little notes while we're talking and she said, I can't imagine you ever turning off. It is rare, but it does happen sometimes, Melissa. It does. <laughs> well, and I was I was just going to say what what's interesting to me about the way that you connect to people, because I think I think a lot of times, at least when you say that you want to intentionally connect with someone, usually you think it's going to take a lot of time. And so in I think there is a belief that you have to set aside like an hour or something. But I cannot tell you how many times I have seen you take 10 or 20 minutes and the depth that goes into the conversation and certainly clearing the time. Hey, you got 20 minutes. You, you always show that you care and hold the space. But the questions to me are what's so interesting because a lot of people, I think, they kind of go with the small talk thing. But you tend to, like, when you ask somebody what's the best part of your day, most people are going to have to, like, think about it for a second, right? It's not just like, how are you? I'm fine. See you later. It's like, huh, the best part of my day. I don't know. Maybe saying good morning to my children or whatever. But it, it requires 
just a little bit more depth. And, and I noticed that even when you start with something like that, the next question, so when they say, oh, the best part of my day is this, then you ask another deeper question. <laughs> yeah. So then if, if I want to acknowledge the opposite thinking, we think that to go deeper, we must spend many hours when in fact, by allowing ourselves to hold that space that we're talking about, really connect with someone and then truly want. So that's where the questions come from the true curiosity. But you're right. They are very curated questions, which we can get to next. But it is asking those questions in that space then we actually shorten the window of time and have a meaningful, deep, deep, meaningful conversation in a shorter period of time. So I actually connect deeper with more people in less time and, and it's so much more rewarding. So, yeah, so I think you're spot on, Melissa. We need to change our thinking. If we allow ourselves to go deeper, how much more meaningful can it be in a matter of minutes? Like the teller at Whole Foods. That was like five minutes, but there was a deep impression. Let's go back to the this question. What's the best part of your day? That is purposeful because I want you to think about the best part. Because maybe you're mad because you ask someone, how are you? They like, might be like, oh, I'm so mad. I, I didn't get my parking spot that I normally get. And I had to walk three blocks to get here and, da, da, da. and we have this story. We all have stories like that. And I kind of bypass that because I'm like, well, what was the best part of your day? Oh, it was this. Even if they say, I don't know, then at least I got them thinking about it. And so they're already a little smile starts to come out of their, out of their cheek. And then, then I have follow-up questions. Like someone says, oh, best part of my day was that I woke up earlier than I normally do. Oh, well, and then you can say, and what does having that do for you? Oh, well, I was able to go for a walk with my dog that I normally don't fit in. And that was so meaningful. And the air was so crisp in that morning air. And I just loved it. That's the follow-up question that you're talking about, Melissa. What can I ask to go even deeper and not let it be surface level, which goes back to the beginning of this conversation. Let's not be surface level. Let's be deeper. So asking those follow-up questions, like how did that affect you? What does having that do for you? What do you mean by hurt? What does that mean specifically? So asking about meaning, asking about what that means to them, like what what's going on for them with that situation. It's again, all about them. And when you do that, it's so beautiful because so many people don't have the chance, going back to the very, very beginning of this conversation, they don't have the chance to say these things out loud to another human being. And it's so relieving. And I think that's why it just comes so easy. When you hold space in this way and you give space and you ask the questions, then you're relieving. It's a relief. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to have an expression of gratitude right now for Pro Audio Voices. They're the ones that uh, produce my podcast. And Becky and her team are amazing. And for those of you that know me, I'm all about WOW clients, WOW partners, and Pro Audio Voices is a WOW partner for me. And if you want to learn more, you can go to ProAudioVoices.com and you can learn about them. They also do audiobooks, and they're just amazing people. Thank you, Becky. I was just going to say something important about the questions too, is that they are specific and that they are singular. When you say, how are you? I mean, somebody could pull... Like you said, their mind goes to the, typically to like the, the negative or the challenge, usually, not always, but a lot of times that is what comes out. And then you get like a whole host, like maybe a laundry list of things that are going on because they do want to share. But when you try to pull out what is the greatest thing or what is the the most important thing and to steer it in the way that you want it to go, like if you, you're steering in this case towards the positive because you want to lift them up because you have a small interaction and it's like, how can I spread love or make a positive impact today and do some good even just with how we show up and the, the small conversations that we have or if it is with a client or if it is with team, really trying to understand like what might be getting in the way or what might be causing them grief. And to go again to like a specific question and like a singular really helps you go deeper on like one small thing instead of kind of treading on the surface of a lot of little things. So I think that is probably a big key too that helps you get there quickly with people. Yeah, it's deeper, yeah. not wide and shallow, deep and singular. It's absolutely correct. 
Stephanie, because they, they, because that's the other thing too. If you're going and you don't have a lot of time, you need to ask what's the one thing. What was the, what was the your you know the thing that you were most excited about today? What was your favorite part of today? And even if you're in a business conversation and you say, what's your biggest challenge, biggest, what's your number one challenge, what's your number one goal, all those things being that they're singular, drive the conversation much quicker than if I say, oh, what are your goals? Oh, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. And then, oh, we don't have any time left. Oh, okay. Have a nice day. But if I say, what's your number one goal, which is the most important one, then they go right in. And then I'm like, well, tell me more about that and more about that and more about that. And we're drilling, drilling, drilling. And then it's like, I want this. I need it now. And it's like, okay, you know, and it's not from us. It's from them. <laughs> then even if that's a sales conversation, you don't even have to sell. They just told you they want it. Okay. Well, how can I help you? What's slowing you down or challenging you from having it? What's the number one thing? Oh, it's this. Okay. I can help you with that or no, I can't. You know what? Uh, so I know someone that, that can do that. You need to go, you need to get a plumber. Your pipes are clogged. Go over there. Like there's a plumber I know. You want me to refer you? Like, I mean, and so it makes it faster for you to know who is a client, who is not a client. That's beautiful. I love it. If it's like a no, okay, great. Go over here. And then you're sending them with more love. People always remember me for that. They're like, wow. And one of our clients that really took this serious... I remember her telling me she told someone that they weren't a good fit and they were shocked. They 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 literally said to her, you're not going to take my money. And she said, no, no, you're, this is not a good fit. She explained why it wasn't a good fit. And that person left so amazed. They sent three paying clients that actually became clients for her because he knew exactly what she did and what were a perfect client for her. And went ahead and referred three people. So she got three clients because she turned down one. How many of us would try to make everyone work? And then you take the wrong client and you know they're going to end up being dissatisfied. Or, or you try to squeak it by because you're trying to make a sale. When turning them down for the right reasons could get you three more in this case. So even in the parts where you say no, the depth of respect and connection makes a meaningful thing. I can't tell you how many people I do not work with, but they still stay friends with me. This is beautiful. I mean. Well, and I was just going to add, you talked a little bit about intention and attention. And in this world, I think it's really interesting that you see so many people looking at their phone. You could be standing there at a meeting, and I'm certainly guilty myself, but I think a lot of times the phone, if it's if it buzzes, if it rings, if it does whatever, we're looking at our phone, and we don't tend to give people the attention that we need to just be able to slow down, as Steve says. I know you're always telling me, slow down, slow down, and I'm like, well, how slow do I need to be going? <laughs> but but it's like the ability to slow down and really just focus your attention on someone is an amazing thing. So when you talk about seeing people, it's really that connection, engagement, that that bond, that's whether it's a second or and more, where you are truly focused on someone else. And I think a lot of times we're so focused on what we need to be doing and where we're going and all of that, that we forget sometimes to really care about people first, whether you're at the office leading a team. It's like, just let's make sure that we're focused on the people first and then the business will flow. Because then you have to trust that it'll naturally find itself. And it will, right? If you're at that level of depth, if it is a person you should help, then it'll be even easier to have that conversation. If it's someone that you shouldn't work with, then that'll be as well really good. So that you'll find it quicker. So then it's quicker for everyone, including them. It's a gift to the person you're talking to when you tell them it's not a fit so they can go find it. When they when they think maybe you could help them and you wait weeks and weeks, then you're dragging them out. So I think it's just natural to filter 
It's really good, and it really respects both parties, yourself and the other that you're with. So this just came to mind. As we were talking about that, I just put it in our chat, but a lot of people kind of on the point of what Melissa was saying, like people looking at their phones or even in the grocery store, right? People just looking down there, paying attention. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are hesitant to connect with others because of some fear of either being seen or or something else or they just don't want to or busy schedule, whatever it may be. There's a lot of different reasons, but I feel like there's a lot of people who are hesitant in wanting to connect with others. And we do a really great exercise and it made me super uncomfortable and still makes me a little bit uncomfortable when we do it. The eye connection exercise, when you actually get to see people and like you just stare in their eyes, spoiler alert for anybody who's going to come to our events, but it it is an amazing experience to have a moment where you can just see some other person and you and essentially you can see yourself right in it. So what would you, outside of doing this exercise, which we should just make something so people can experience it outside of our events because it is a powerful, it's a powerful tool, but what would you tell people or how would you help people get over that feeling of not wanting to connect with others or having a fear of connecting with others or whatever we want to put on that? Well, how would you help them with that? Well, I guess on two fronts, if I'm curious about other people being comfortable with me interacting with them, then I just amplify holding space and it may or may not work, right? I could be there and invite them to have a conversation with me. But if they choose not to, you can't really force it. But just like let that love be there is how I do it for me. And then I recognize who is wanting to talk and who is not. So sometimes you just have to kind of let go. But for those of you that are listening and maybe you're more of an introvert and it's already really, really uncomfortable for you to talk to anyone, you just got to start practicing. There's no other way around it. So you're going to need to start with the people that you trust the most and just start to open up. Just actually, maybe a game you can play with yourself is that you're going to connect with one person a day, even if it's someone you already know. But And when I say that, it doesn't mean walking by and saying hi, and you just keep walking by. You got to say, hey, you got to stop and ask them a singular question and say, and, and that's the thing that actually helps the most, Giovanni, I find, is that when we set our intention to connect with someone else, and then we, number two, put our attention on them, it actually helps us get over those introvert feelings and that, because it's usually self-consciousness, that self-conscious thoughts of ourself, whether you don't feel good enough, you feel like I'm not valuable, like all these things, we could be really mean, really mean to ourselves, right? Like, I, I'm not valuable. I, why would anyone want to talk to me? Like maybe, and I'm not making fun of this in any way. You might have these thoughts. I have had these thoughts. I have had these thoughts and it does not serve us. I mean, the world already has enough stuff going on. Being unkind to ourselves does not help it. <laughs> it does not. So the first person to have a deep conversation with is you, you like, just let yourself be. And the coolest thing about this, like Giovanni just said, then you actually get to see yourself. And that's part of the scariness if we're not ready to see ourselves because we don't feel we're good enough. The reality is that if you actually just turn your attention on someone else, we can for a moment, for a moment, turn it off. I want to prove that you already do this. If you watch a movie, if you watch TV, if you listen to this podcast or any other distraction, reading a book, all of those things, guess why it's so relieving? Because we get to turn off us and focus on that. Focus on the movie, focus on the radio show, the podcast, the TV show, focusing on something else. So, guess what? When you turn your attention to someone else in a conversation and genuinely want to hear them instead of you talk about you, you can turn off you. You can turn it off for a moment and be present with someone else and listen because they are a TV show. If you just if that helps you to think about it that way, that's your little show right there. What's going on in that person's life? What's happening in their episode today? This is episode 4,929 or however many days they lived on the planet. And then there it is. 
And then it's not foolproof either on this. You're just going to have to practice. That's all I can tell you. You just, you got to intention, attention, create the intention that you want to connect with someone. If you do feel it in your heart. And then number two, you put your attention on them. And if you start to feel your attention, go back to you, then you have to say, oh, I'm doing it again. Put my attention on the other person. And the thing overarching over all of that is be kind to yourself. I mean, we are humans want to belong. There are psychologists that I've gotten to interview that, and some of them I haven't released because it all happened during, during our experience of 2020 and 21. But there are some psychologists that are saying it's going to take 10 to 20 years of healing from what we all went through because of sheltering in place and being separated. So what you all need to know, listening to this right now, humans want to belong. So knowing that humans want to belong, we want to be together. There's a natural thing of being with like kind, being whatever amount, even if for you, it's like one or two people, or for some people, they want to be with hundreds of people. Everyone has a different variation, but there is one thing. It's very rare. There's only a very small amount of population that want to be completely isolated. And even that, if you look at it, the population that is forced into that, like solitary confinement in a prison system, those people have the most healing. They're the ones that get hit the hardest. It's really hard for them. And you can look all this up. I'm not making, you can look at all these studies. I don't have all the data points or the percentage points, but it is much harder for someone to recover if they've been isolated at that level. And at some level in the last two to three years, many of us have experienced some level of isolation because of what's happened in our world. In a way, this is a call out to all of us. If we want to heal, then it starts with us. And be willing to connect with your neighbor. Be willing to connect with the people in your household and do it for, for love. And, and you will be lifted up by you giving your attention to someone else. You will gain. They say the giver of a gift. So think about it in yourself. When you give a gift to someone, how good does that feel? And for all of many of us, receiving a gift can't even compare. It's 10x giving the gift and watching their face and they're smiling. And if you haven't done it, then go give more gifts. Oh my gosh, it feels so good when you gave the exact right gift and you just see them shining. And now take it back to this whole conversation. In a moment of giving someone five minutes of your attention, one minute of your intention, attention, you can give a gift. Hopefully that helps Giovanni on that. I know there's a long way around it, but I don't know. There's a lot to explain on that, but yeah. I'm going to say something, but I think you sort of said it there at the end in that the gift doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be monetary. It just has to be time. But it's a gift to even, like you said, see someone, hold space for someone, ask sincere questions about them and what they would like. That is a gift. So I think just... And I, I think I was just sort of stuck thinking about COVID because I feel like it's been coming up and it's been it's been part of the conversation for years. But I was talking with even uh, like an NLP therapist and she was like, you don't realize you're experiencing trauma when you're in the middle of it. It's not really until you like, quote unquote, come out of it till you really start to even process it. And I think also just sitting here thinking about being in a new city and then wanting to connect with people and even joining mom's groups and other things and people sort of talking about how it's challenging. Like there's so many people out there, whatever we present might be one thing, but like deep inside, we just want to connect with other people. We want to have meaningful relationships, but we do find it difficult. Like it seems like every day there's a post on this mom's group that talks about like, I'm having the hardest time making friends and my kids are great and they're interested in this. And like, does anybody else want to get together? But how it is, how it is difficult. And I think there is a real yearning for it, but maybe people just not really knowing how to go about it. So I think just knowing in general that people do want to share, they do want help. Like they do want to be part of this, like deeper human connection, I think should maybe help people know that like, okay, maybe I have to start it. Other people don't know how. So if we have the tools and we know how to do it and how to go about it, which it might sound simple, don't 
get confused. Like this is the way these little tips are, are big. Like everything that you're sharing here is, is really big to help foster that kind of way. So it really is Stephanie. Yeah. And one conversation at a time, we can bring healing to our planet. It's simple and big. It's so simple. And yet it can be so big. And many of us think we're going to bother people, but I'll tell you, I call right now, I'm on a quest. I don't know how long it's going to take, but since I was paralyzed, I decided to call everyone on my phone. And I've done this before, but I'll tell you, I was quite younger and I had a lot less phone numbers in my phone. So I barely got through all the last names that start with A. I'm, I'm still in B right now and it's been months. I think I'm going into the fourth month of doing this. I don't know. I should have tracked it a little bit better. But I've had some of the best conversations and amazing conversations. And the thing is, is that we're all in this busyness and doing all these things. And so many people have thanked me for connecting. And they even said sometimes very direct. They're like, I wish I would have called you sooner, but I, I didn't for whatever reason. So if you're the one that reaches out, blessings. If someone reaches out to you, blessings. But if you're waiting, stop it. Call someone, go talk to someone. If you just make a game in your life to connect with one person a day, that can be game changer. And that's more business and more life because it can be connecting with one person at the office or if you're working remotely on Zoom with one of your colleagues, it can be connecting with a client on the business side or a potential client and think how much better the conversations are going to be going with potential clients. And then if you want you bring it to the, the personal life, connecting with someone in your household, connecting with your neighbor, connecting with someone in your community. Have you ever met your mayor? Go do it. I remember one of my mentors said, Hey, do you know your council members? Invite them for dinner. Like, why would you not know the leadership in your community? They're there too. And a lot of them publish their mobile phones these days. So you literally can go on the website and text message them. Because if they're actually doing their job and holding space for their district, then they will make themselves available. And that's just one thing. But you could start with your neighbor. Do you know the person on the other side of the fence? Is there a fence? I mean, most of America has fences between our houses, but some don't. And that's cool too. But no who you're around and just pick one a day, one person a day and see what that happens and let us know like what changes. Well, we have like a minute left in some ways. I think this is like a really long podcast, although we kept the time, but I don't know. We, I feel like we covered so much ground. So like, as we talked about going deep, I think we actually went deep. <laughs> we went really deep today. What is any last thoughts Oh my gosh, Giovanni just put like eight bullet points here. Oh, you want to read them off real quick? Who's going to read it off then? You're just going to let... He just drops this whole... You know Giovanni's a delegator. Look, he's talked about... Oh my God. Clearing the time. Set your intention and attention. Creating a safe space. Look into their eyes and connect. Truly pay attention care about the other person get curious about them and their situation observe the person the body their posture the key words they use their voice volume their tempo their tone all of those things great summary giovanni well done well done and yeah he is the master delegator and <laughs> Melissa ran with it. So I will pick it up. You know, what could I say? Spokesperson. The action taker, Melissa. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, and Melissa does have a great voice. So yes, it was, it was very nice. Anything to add to that? Any closing thoughts before we wrap up? I think it's all in there, right? The getting curious was what I was just going to elaborate on. And I think just talking about steering the conversation with, questions that are specific and singular, allowing you to go deeper 
Yeah, and just trust that other people do want to connect. And if you show up and you do all these things to get into really great rapport with them, and then you ask them questions, then it's going to start to build bonds quickly with team, with clients, with personal relationships, family, everybody. I mean, we have... Well, I just wanted to add one last thing that you just triggered inside of me, what you just said. And I think that, Melissa, you said it in our chat here that it's like, being in alignment. But the thing that I do, I guess I have a belief inside myself that like 99% of the people around me want to connect. So I just believe that. And I know that there's a 1% chance they don't want to connect. And I also trust and believe that that will be apparent and I will just keep walking on. I'm not going to take it personal. It's just not their day. They're not, it's not a time to connect. You will know. So just trust inside yourself that you will know, Hey, this person doesn't want to talk right now. Then you just say, okay, have a nice day. We'll talk another day. And then, but just assume that people want to connect with you and in a good, healthy way, and then be a conscious. This is where all these tools come in to notice when they don't want to, and then you just back off very politely. Just know that it's not the day for that, but at least you held space to try. Thank you so much for listening. I would only ask for two things today. One, if you got value from this podcast, send it to someone, share this. And number two, if you got value from this, then if you're not already on our newsletter, please uh, subscribe. And and what you're going to get is more of this. We're going to just be sharing more, more content of beautiful things, just like this podcast. And we promise to keep doing that, sharing more value and more value. So that's all I can ask. And remember, until our next podcast and beyond, remember to choose gratitude and create freedom. Lots of love. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>